Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show, with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode, I was joined by Mike Miller of Double Clutch UK to talk about NBA 2K21. Mike joined us to give you the complete beginner's guide to NBA 2K21, including the best way to start playing the game as a beginner, something I'd wish I'd known before I started playing the game a few days ago. Mike also talked us through all the different game modes within NBA 2K21, including the Neighbourhood, which is a mode that seems to be a cross between GTA and Tony Hawk Pro Skater, with some basketball thrown in for good measure. We also discussed the My Team mode within NBA 2K21, something which has a lot of similarities to the FIFA Ultimate Team game mode. We also talked about player positions. He gave us some really great gameplay hints and tips. And we also touched on the esports scene too. Enjoy! Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mike Miller from Double Clutch UK, who's coming onto the podcast to tell me all about NBA 2K21 and the beginner's guide to the game. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to discuss uh, basically the only game I play now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. It's it's great to have you on because, as I explained to you, you earlier, um, I don't play NBA 2K21. 21 i haven't played any nba games before that um i don't really watch the sport either i catch glimpses here or there so i'm, I'm very much a novice in this so i'm looking for you to take the lead on this and and teach me something about it <laughs> basically you're charging me with converting you into being a, a 2k head and a, and a basketball game basically yeah that your challenge in this podcast episode is to turn me into an nba fanatic um by okay. the end of this um so <laughs> I'll let you know by the end if, you, if you've succeeded or not. But I played it for a few hours, just to be clear. I played it for a few hours um, earlier this week, just to, in preparation for the podcast, which probably confused me even more, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go right into it. So, Mike, tell me a bit about yourself in terms of um, what you do at Double Clutch. Sure. So, Double Clutch is a UK-based NBA podcast. We are all avid basketball addicts, uh, consume the game ferociously we've been going since 2012 uh it started off as just a podcast it's evolved into a website uh with uh frequent articles in addition to the podcast as well as videos going up on youtube we stream on twitch most of what we do is about the real and i use air quotes on a, on a podcast very helpfully um but it's about real basketball we cover we cover the league in depth we look at the WNBA. we look at fiba which uh you're, you're a fifa guy so just switch football for basketball and FIFA becomes FIBA. And we've basically put out content very, very regularly to the growing UK audience, of which basketball is actually growing in the UK quite prolifically. And it's it's things like having access to on-demand 
content through the NBA. Uh, Sky Sports are obviously picking up the, the the games as well. And then things like 2K, we're finding a, a really sort of spurring an interest over here in the country. Obviously, as you're not a basketball head, one of the things you won't know is that there are two other Mike Millers who are much more famous than me in the basketball world. There was the interim coach of the Knicks last year and then uh, a former NBA champion and rookie of the year, Mike Miller, who played for the Orlando Magic and Cleveland Cavaliers and Miami Heat for about well, probably about 15 years. So you're, you're fortunate enough to, to have not even the most famous Mike Miller talking about NBA with you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Mike, you've done really well to do that. And congratulations on, on everything you've done so far. And is it right that it's the UK's longest running NBA podca- podcast that you do as well? Yeah, I believe so. I, I've, I, we've seen several uh, starts after us and not that many still going. A lot of popped up recently. I think I think COVID has, has been the, the the time where everyone has gone, you know what now, I've got time to start a podcast and it's not it's not really a difficult thing to get into. You just need a microphone and an internet connection really. But Don't yeah, we've been the going secrets, Mike. Yeah, yeah, okay, you can edit that bit out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've been we've been going now since uh, twenty twelve. So as to my knowledge, there isn't anyone who's been covering the NBA over here as long as as long as we have. Wow, so the, you're the perfect person to ask about NBA two K twenty one then. Well, I'll certainly try to be. <laughs> For a player like me who's never played the game, and you pick it up and you you load it up and you start playing. What do you think is the best way to start for the best experience as someone who's never played it before? Uh, as someone who's never played it, the first thing you need to hit up is 2KU, which essentially is the, the game mode. If you click on play now, uh, scroll to the right, it's the game mode that teaches you everything from the ground up. So essentially how to shoot a basketball in the game, uh, how to make a pass, the different types of passing you can make. And then it sort of evolves into the more complex things because there is what they've done with the game now in terms of the the physical things you can do with a player is just phenomenal there are so many options there 2KU is the place to start and it it just basically allows you to practice just about everything you need to know before you go into playing you know actual games and actual game modes did you discover that at all did you have a go through 2KU at all I didn't know I just went straight to my team um just because <laughs> it, it just looked like more interesting options so yeah maybe that was a mistake I'll, I'll go and try that later on yeah it's it's definitely the, the other games is where the glitz and of 2k lies but i would definitely recommend if you if you want to just get some basics under your belt just get into 2ku uh get some reps in there it's literally just um almost you know it's a step-by-step guide in, in terms of how to play NBA 2K as a player, so what you need to do on the court, and then you can obviously use those skills that you've learned to dive into all the other game modes. But it's it's definitely the place to start. So my career, my producer is quite a big NBA 2K21 fan, actually, and he was telling me a bit about uh, my career, the mode in terms of you create your own player. So you'd create Mike Miller or Nathan Bliss, for example, and you'd control your height and your arm length and what you look like and all that kind of stuff uh, and what position you want to play and is it true you start off in like high school as well in the mode yeah absolutely my, my career is the mode that I have traditionally played you know it's, it's the one I've gone down so I can live my NBA dreams vicariously through a, a virtual environment essentially you, you, you're absolutely right you create your own player you, you pick your height you pick the length of your arms you can pick your body type uh, your weight and all those things uh, impact the physical attributes that your player then has. Once you've established your sort of physical appearance, there are then about 100 different archetypes you can 
go down to create your player. So if you want to be a, uh, a Steph Curry kind of player, you can you can go down that sort of path where you're an out-and-out shooter and a small, quick guy. Or if you want to go down a more sort of big physical dominant route, like a, an old-style Shaquille O'Neal, for example, then you can go down that as well, where you get heavier and you get closer to the basket. And, um, and yeah, you, you, you're right. It starts in high school. You, this career is it's, it's essentially a cinematic journey that you go through. And each year they... They add to it or change it um, in a really interesting ways. Uh, this time around, you start as a former college star's son, but I'm not going to say any more than that on the actual cinematic story because I'm hoping some of your listeners will go out there, pick up the game, and and actually start to enjoy it for, them, for themselves. But basically, it's about forging your own path and coming out of his shadow. So you start in high school. You then have to choose which college you go to. You then have to perform in college, essentially, to build your draft stock because uh, for those not aware, with the NBA... Uh, essentially how an NBA franchise will get hold of a new player is they hold a draft each year and the draft order is loosely determined on the worst teams get the better picks. So your goal essentially is to make yourself as attractive as possible to be as high a pick as possible so that although you'll go to the worst team initially, you can be the guy who turns that team's fortunes around and leads them to glory. And are the attributes that you choose for your own player are they fixed? Once you've had, once you've made them, that's it. You can't change it then. No, they ch- they changed it last year, so you could if you you know if you went down a route and decided you know actually this this style of player isn't for me, uh, you can tweak it and, and and pull things back and change different bits afterwards. Um, one of the things they've got which is really handy is, is something called badges, and there are just like, thousands of combinations of badges you can use, and they essentially enable you to. Uh, improve a certain trait. For example, um, a contact finisher, for example, is is someone who can, as it sounds, finish close to the basket under the duress of contact. And having badges like that, you can you can sort of add them in to t- tweak that style. But if you don't want that, for example, you can you can remove that from your player and pick another badge instead. So there are thousands of ways you can build your player to get what you want and there youtube is a fantastic guide for anyone just starting out in terms of what sort of build do i want my player to have to get to a certain essentially a final player that you have and it kind of might take some of the experimentation and and mistake making out of that if 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 you went and watched some of those and so for example i always pick someone of my similar height because i'm reasonably tall um, but I want someone who's sort of a quicker guard who can shoot outside, which is definitely not anything I've ever been able to do. Uh, so I will go down that sort of route where I look to, to build up my outside shooting, uh, ignore things such as mid-range shooting, which I don't, I, see, I, I don't know how much you know in terms of that, but uh, obviously with basketball, you've got two pointers and three pointers. A three is worth more than a two, so I like to stay outside where possible. But at the same time, I like the highlights of being able to get in close to the, to the rim, so I like to be quick and athletic enough to just go up there and absolutely stuff a ball through the hoop. It's interesting because uh, when I was looking at the game beforehand, there's a lot of parallels with FIFA games um, that I was looking at. So, for example, in my career that you were describing there, it sounds very similar to the journey mode that was on some of the FIFA games before, on FIFA 20, FIFA 19, for example, with Alex Hunter and um, how you had to control him through the through the seasons and how he progress to bigger and better things but it sounds like it's a lot more in depth because like for example my producer was telling me you can have different arm lengths so if you've got longer arms you're better at defending and if you've got shorter arms you're better at long range shooting that just sounds 
it sounds like it's a lot more in depth than what you'd get on a, on a FIFA game, for example, if you're creating your own player. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. The last FIFA game I owned, I think, was 2015. So I'm way behind on <laughs> FIFA. But yeah, it, you, the the principle's right. If you've got longer arms, you're better on defense um, because you are able to close down gaps quicker. Uh, you're able to obviously reach higher to block shots and to, to uh, disrupt passing lanes, which is essentially the point A to point B on a pass is the passing lane. Um, and then if you've got shorter arms for offense, then you have a, a smaller range of movement, which means less chance of an error in that range of movement to shoot. It's, it is in, incredibly complicated um, what they've done and what they've put together. And it's not just the physical side of it as well. The actual, your player's experience will change how they ultimately end up. You know, the college you pick might impact what you do later down the line. You can sign endorsement deals, uh, really build up your individual uh, character. There's social media sort of side of things as well you have to manage, interactions with coaches, with staff. It's it's sort of a, a completely immersive game mode for trying to give you as close to, as possible what an NBA player's life is like. And on top of that, you need to be going and working out as well. There's, there's essentially... Um, a section of the game you can go into where you do things like reaction tests, you you do chest press, you get in the gym, you try and build up your player's strength and things like that to, in order to allow you to compete at the highest level continually. And you have to make a trade-off sometimes between do you want to physically get better in the game and the sport or do you want to build your rep online by doing the endorsement deals and things like that. So it really is very, very in-depth and very involved. That's really cool. It sounds like a bit of a mix between NBA and GTA, doesn't it? How you used to be able to go to like restaurants <laughs> and eat and then go to gyms and build your muscle up. And I remember that GTA. Um, sounds yeah, right, yeah. it? I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then you'd run around for 10 minutes and you'd get, suddenly get quicker and quicker and That's thinner it. and thinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if this is, is linked, but are you talking about the neighbourhood? Is that is that what the, the mode you're talking about? So, so this, so this is still my career, but it does link into the neighbourhood. Your, your my career character can go into the neighbourhood, which has been uh, for the current gen. It's been relocated this year from you know a a suburban neighbourhood to the beach, which is just all kinds of cool. But on the next gen, we're going to get something significantly bigger. It was announced recently. We're getting the city, which is like any neighbourhood. If it's if you go from a town to a city, the neighbourhood suddenly expands exponentially, and this looks to be a much bigger, um, more involved environment for your player to exist in. But yeah, the neighbourhood essentially you can go around. You can play against other people online with your my player. You can, you can, there are individual games. There are shops that you can go and purchase apparel uh, to to basically make your NBA players complete style on and off the court look you know spot on. It is an incredible amount of detail for for sort of a side portion of the game that that wasn't you know the original my career bits. You, you can meet your friends on there. You can play with or against them. There are NBA players, like real NBA players, playing online in that mode that will be there, and you'll suddenly see you know they've got the the check mark to show you that they are a legitimate person you know who they you know who it says they are essentially and you can be playing against actual NBA players in NBA 2K it's it's uh, yeah it's an incredible little uh, well I say little it's a huge part of the game but it is an awesome 
part of it. So it's like a mini open world game almost within the NBA game, like a separate a separate thing. Yeah. You walk, that's that's mental. I wasn't it's, expecting it's crazy. that. Yeah, and and it's the space is vast enough that if you want to get around it quickly enough, you can buy bikes or skateboards to get you around wow. things faster. Yeah, yeah. It, so you, your GTA parallel that you just pulled is actually quite apt to this because. It sort of gives you an immersive, uh, essentially like a, a role play game, but separate to to the actual basketball simulation. How big of an area are we talking in comparison to the neighbourhood or the beach, as you said before? And how big are we talking in terms of the increase for the city for next gen? I don't think they've announced the actual specifics, but they've referred to it as being massive. So, so <laughs> I, I, and I know that the new version, they've brought back something they used to have in the game called affiliations, and they're essentially dividing the new neighbourhood and the, the city into four affiliations. And you start off as you go into the, the cities, you, you start off in something called Rookieville, which is your proving ground. You need to prove that you belong essentially and then once you get out of that you can elect your affiliation so there's there's four options you can choose from and that impacts the type of player uh you are and the kind of essentially the tournaments you can enter who you you know there's there's whole different looks and vibes to these affiliations and it it's sort of um I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of blown my mind seeing when I saw the release uh, a couple of weeks ago of, of what was going to be coming out. I just sort of sat and read it and just was just like, oh, wow, OK, here, here we go. This is this is a, a big enough world to get lost in, I think. And are the games also going on or matches within the open world? So you can go to like courts and there's people playing and you can just jump in whenever. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you can see games on courts. There's full court games, half court games. Uh, and you essentially just go st- stand and wait your turn, get, get involved with, you don't have to go in with people you know. You can join up to teams that are just looking for extra bodies, get on the court and go. It's, uh, it, it enables you to interact with people all over the world, essentially. That's really impressive. I wasn't expecting anything like that for an NBA game, to be honest. And it's 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 really impressive in terms of what they've done. And I'm going to go and try it after this. I'm, I'm going to have a walk around the neighbourhood, see what I can find, see what I can get involved with. Do um, it. They even change things sort of seasonally. So what you see going on now, there, there will be special game modes that are, are only available for a limited time. And as the seasons change... Uh, you know, literally the the four seasons of the year, you will find that different things come in and out, and obviously the environment around you changes. So, in, it's the beach this year, so we get to see if they'll introduce snow. But you know, as it came to winter in two K twenty, you start to you know the leaves fall off all the trees and things like that, and it's it's sort of replicates what's going on in in our actual real world that you know is going on outside us. That's crazy. I can't get my head around that. I, I need to see it to believe it, to be honest. I'll, I will go on. I will jump on it after. I can't wait to see what's on there. And obviously what's coming in the next gen as well with the city. That's going to be really interesting. There's nothing really like that. Is there in terms of sports games? I can't think of anything off the top of my head that has a similar experience other than GTA. Because GTA, you could do like, you know, you could get involved in a lot of basketball and stuff there, couldn't you? But this is like the other way around almost. Yeah. I'm, uh, on this one, though, you aren't jacking cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just made that clear but, yeah yeah um but yeah no it's 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 a fantastic thing some of the things they put that are going to be in the city that sort of made my eyes pop uh one of them is there there'll be random hoops placed around 
the city and you can you can one of the accessories you can have is you can have a ball and you can literally just dribble it around the city but if there's a hoop there you can start playing and then random people can come up and and play you and you can play one-on-one two-on-two three-on-three and then you can play something called horse which i don't i don't know if there's a football equivalent of horse um but if you're not in the basketball world uh horse is essentially you take it in turns to perform a shot and if you if someone makes the shot the next person has to make the same shot and if you don't, you get an H and it's kind of like a knockout game. So the first person, as soon as you spell horse, you're out. You've essentially got five lives. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it's like um, Wembley. There's a, there's a, it is, I don't, well, from where I am, it's called Wembley anyway. But uh, Yeah, because where I am, Wembley was like one-on-one-on-one-on-one-on-one. On one on one on one yeah, on one. yeah. Or maybe heads and vo- headers and volleys. Maybe it's more similar because if you miss, you have to go in maybe. maybe oh, it's yeah, more maybe. Similar, yeah, but blow my yeah, mind yeah. a bit, that has. And I like this other little bit as well. Um, I, I made a note of this as soon as I read about it. Um, remember the game NBA Jam? No, but... No. Carry okay, that, that <laughs> dates me then. Uh, so NBA Jam was uh, a two-on-two arcade game that came out in around 92, uh, where if you made three shots in a row, it, it would uh, the ball would go on fire. And I, they haven't necessarily done it this way, but there's it feels like a nod to that game. Um, in the city, if you're playing five-on-five action on the courts... If your team wins 10 games in a row, there is literally a ball that is on fire. And that just, to me, it felt like a a subtle nod back to what was perhaps the original massive game in, in terms of basketball on computer systems, essentially. And uh, that just, to me, just it's sort of just, if players are your age, they won't spot it. But to me, it kind of felt like a nod to them. Love a bit of nostalgia. It's lovely when they put a few old details in there, isn't it, I suppose, in the games. Makes you, makes you feel like there's like a whole world around it almost yeah that is so interesting i can't wait to play it now so you, you're halfway there to making me an nba 2k21 fanatic it's just about the <laughs> gameplay now we'll have to see what the, <laughs> the gameplay is like but let's talk about my team because that's the only that's the only game mode that i've sampled really in any great detail so far from what i can tell it has a lot of similarities to the fifa ultimate team game mode where mm-hmm. you create your own team you can have your own kits your own badges all that kind of stuff and you can have any different players you want in terms of footballers in different positions and all that kind of stuff. Is it safe to say that there's a lot of similarities in the NBA 2K21, uh, my team game mode? To to FIFA Ultimate Team? Yeah. Yeah, for, from my understanding of FIFA Ultimate Team, uh, yeah, it's it, these are the, the closest two game modes. Um, it's even like right. cards and stuff as well, isn't there? Because I, mean, I remember I picked Shaquille O'Neal when they all came up. Because that's nice. The, the one I knew best, I suppose, the power I know best. Clicked it oh, yeah. and then it just came up with loads of cards and I had to flip them and then I just got loads of things that I didn't really understand and then just skipped that. <laughs> um, so even like the fact that their cards is like very similar to Ultimate Team because each player has a card and there's certain promo cards and upgradable cards and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot of parallels there. from For people who play FIFA Ultimate Team, if they're interested in, in NBA... Um, I think that'd be a really easy game mode to get groups with, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you picked Shaq. You had five choices at the start. I'm trying to remember who they were now. There's definitely Alan Iverson. There's definitely Carmelo Anthony. I think Dwayne Wade's one. Yep, Dwayne Wade, Shaq, and then I picked Kevin Garnett. So that's the five that you you, you essentially start your my team with with one of those five, um, and then you get essentially a, a, I think it's twenty four cards you get with it, which gives you what you need to start your team, and you can pick from a range of cities throughout the world, but there's not a London one, unfortunately, although I didn't spot anyway. So you can have like a Madrid one, for example. 
I went with Seattle because they used to have a basketball team and it's a very sore point uh, in the NBA community that they don't anymore. Um, so I, I went under the guise of, I'm going to bring basketball back to Seattle and I've, I've called them the Supersonics, even though at the minute their the logo is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And essentially you have a franchise. So you have different cards for for the shoes your players wear. You can have different cards to reduce the injuries your players suffer. You have cards which give out contracts, which this this game can get quite complicated quite quickly, but there are some really useful guides out there. And essentially, you play in a variety of forms to earn experience points and completing tasks and winning games, etc. That all gets you more rewards and, and the better chance of getting better cards. So as you carry on playing, you'll have noticed that if you've won a few games, you'll get like a, a free agent card or something like that, which means you then get access to a pretty decent player for sort of five games or so. So I, I don't know how far you've got with it. But as you've been winning, you'll be getting tokens and things like that as well, I expect. Yeah, I've, I've only been on the, the practice court, to be honest, just because I wanted to get a feel for the gameplay and stuff without being in, in a match environment. And it was quite funny because I was talking to my producer before before we recorded the episode. And obviously, I, I picked Shaquille O'Neal as my player. I said to him, like, I've, I've been trying to score three pointers, but it's impossible. <laughs> why why can't I score three pointers? It's It's so frustrating. And then he explained to me that Shaquille O'Neal has a really low long shot rating, which is which is why I was finding it difficult. I thought I just thought it was the hardest game ever uh, no, for a minute. You, you picked the the wrong player for a three point shot. If you if you slide onto YouTube and and watch a Shaq mixtape mixtape that is even showing my age. You look at the <laughs> highlight reel of of Shaq. He he basically played within sort of six to eight feet of the rim, and he was such a powerhouse that. You know, there, there is footage of him literally dunking the ball through the hoop and just sort of his body weight shoving people into the first row of the, the stands. He's broken rims. His bread and butter is arm's length from the hoop where he will just destroy people. But if you get him to step up further outside than I'd say six feet, then you're going to see rapidly how quickly his his value as a scorer drops. But yeah, like there, there are lots of different ways you can play uh, my team. There's... there's um, Single player mode. There's a multiplayer mode. Uh, I I play predominantly the single player mode, where there's something called triple threat, which is three on three on a, a very neon futuristic looking court. My other half she can't stand the court. She's like, she's like, what is that? It's it's crazy. It looks nothing like a traditional court apart from the markings. And then there's something called domination, where essentially it's five on five, and you have to defeat the rest of the NBA. So there's there's thirty teams in the NBA. You have to beat them. Division by division, essentially, which is, well, six divisions of five. I spent 15 minutes trying to score a three-pointer with Shaquille O'Neal. Should have gone to 2KU first. Yeah, <laughs> learning the hard way, aren't I, really? Yeah. My first play. But, um, I mean, it's silly of me, isn't it, really, to, to think that you could just do that? Because if you think of it properly, just like football, in NBA, you have different positions. So each position, they have different attributes, don't they, that they need to be successful. Like in football, you wouldn't put a striker in centre-back or you wouldn't put a right-back uh, in goal, for example. It's, it's it's the same thing with NBA, isn't it? So can you just give me a quick rundown of the positions and what are the best attributes to have in each position? Yeah, at the minute, the game itself, like the real game, is moving and trending towards something called positionless basketball. But for the sake of this, we'll break it down into the, the historical position. So point guard, traditionally the smallest guy on the floor, traditionally the quickest guy on the floor, 
And he's what's known as a floor general. So he controls the tempo of the game. So you want him to have a high IQ. You want him to be able to be a great passer. And you need him to be able to step up and score when he needs to. He needs to be able to orchestrate an offense. And again, you don't have to go this far into the game. But when you're playing, you can run specific set plays that are NBA plays, like incredibly complex team movement where you will hit basically uh, left button one and and then uh, a a different option and it will run a specific play for your team and then you basically pick one of the finishing options off the back of that because again depending on how much you know about basketball there's there's a variety of complexities to how the game is structured so your point guard you want to be able to be like I say on offense you want it to be able to be quick he's usually shorter uh, if he can shoot from the outside that is a massive plus in today's game if he can outpace people and get up the end of the floor and just make nice, easy layups, that's also fantastic. And on defense, you want him to be able to steal the ball. Your shooting guard, a little bit taller, probably around 6'6-ish, would be someone like Michael Jordan, for example. Again, you want him to be athletic. You want him to be able to just score from everywhere. If they can handle the ball pretty well, that's also a plus. Uh, and then small forward. So again, sort of a bit, bit longer, a bit taller, six, sort of six foot seven to six foot eight sort of range. If you can get guys, because there are guys in the league now who are bigger than what a traditional position would let them be, if that makes sense. If you can get hold of some of them, that's great. But this guy, again, a small forward, you want them to be able to defend both ends of the floor. They can rebound a bit. They can shoot the three ideally, and they can dribble the ball a bit as well. And then you get into power forward, which is probably around... 6'10", someone like Kevin Garnett, for example, you want to be able to, if you can, again, ideal, the, the way this game goes, if you can get anyone who can shoot threes, that's gold because that's where the game is trending. But someone who can get rebounds, someone who's long, lengthy, athletic, and that's basically what you need. And then you've got center, which is usually your, your tallest position, seven footers basically around that region, strong and athletic, can grab the rebounds, can score from close range, and that's your shack. But the way the modern game is, you've got seven foot centers now who can handle the ball and, and step out and shoot threes. I say centers, they're not really even centers anymore. So someone like the, the reigning NBA MVP is a, a, a Greek gentleman, called Yanis Antetokounmpo, and he is essentially seven foot. He will grab the rebound off his own rim quite closely, and he's also the defensive player of the year. And he can dribble the ball almost as effectively as a point guard up the other end of the floor, and the whole team's offense runs through him. So, like I say, that the, the guide of what a player is doesn't necessarily fit with modern players, if that makes sense. That's a really convoluted explanation I've just given, but... <laughs> use the guide as a basic this is what each role does but there are guys who are x-factors and can't really be defined by their position no that's great um i hardly knew any of that so it's great for me to hear about the specific positions but it's interesting to hear about you talk about how it's become more fluid and players in different roles doing different things that's not traditional if you like one of the things about ultimate team is that you can play any player you want in different positions, um, but they'll have worse chemistry. So, for example, if you put a centre mid in a right back, they'll have worse chemistry, which means they won't be as good. But you could still play the player there if you if you really wanted to. 
Is that the same in my team? You could put a player that's traditionally a centre, you could put him as a point guard, for example. Not necessarily, because the way the my team is, it's you can you elect your starting five and things like that, and it's literally there is a slot for a point guard. So you'll get players who can play multiple positions. So if you get uh, someone who's PG slash SG, so he's a point guard or a shooting guard, he can fit into either one of those slots. But dependent on what sort of card you have for a player this is where the cards there's a whole range of cards and they range from sort of the easy ones to get like bronze silvers and gold right up to things called like pink diamond and amethyst you might get situations where a player's card is released where he doesn't play his traditional position so i'm I'm trying to think who it was there was one recently where he historically as in real life was a center but the position they put him down as was a small forward so you could essentially have you know, this this seven foot small forward and his stats, obviously, because this was a rarer card, were, were better than they were uh, if they'd have just been a sort of a regular card. So it really depends on what card you've got to allow you to sort of be more versatile with your lineup. That's interesting. Like, you know, in Ultimate Team, just to bring it back to that for, for any FIFA fans uh, listening. So you get position change cards. So, for example, Kevin De Bruyne is a cam. Um, but you get position changes, so you can change him from a CAM to a CM, and then you can do another position change from CM to CDM, or you could go the other way. You could go CAM to centre forward, and then centre forward to striker. So you can you can use those cards to change the positions. Also, there's like promo cards and team of the week cards that are normally performance based cards. So, for example, if a player plays in a certain position that they're not usually in for a team in real life and they play well and score or assist or whatever, they might get a card release that has them playing in the position they played in real life, which might be different to their their normal card in game. So there is that that sort of variation as well. And there's definitely some similarities in what I can hear from what you said about that um, that small forward. The pink card, did you say? The pink diamond yeah. card? Because some cards come out um, as part of promos or Team of the Weeks, for example, and you think, oh, yeah, I've never... I've, I've always wanted to play him in this position, but I was never able to because he hasn't got that position on his card. So there's a lot of similarities. It's really interesting between between the two sports, but they're, they're quite similar in terms of the game modes. The thing you mentioned there, Team of the Week, they have a similar kind of card, uh, Hot Streak, I think it's called, where essentially during the actual season, if a player is doing particularly well and is on his own you know, Hot Streak, they will release a card out which sort of boosts his stats in specific areas so there are there are sort of there's constantly changing cards new ones coming out all the time that you can use to really customize your team these aren't just current players either these you can have cards dating back to the 60s people like uh wilt chamberlain and and bill russell and jerry west who i imagine are names you've never heard before given given you're quite new to this but these are sort of legends of the game sort of 60 years ago well, again, that that's similar to FIFA Ultimate Team in that you can have like Pele and Diego Maradona and yeah. Luther Mateus and and those kind of um, they're called icon cards in Ultimate Team. So there's there's as I was looking through, there was a lot of similarity between the two game modes, and it's really interesting how obviously they're completely different sports. But when I was like in university, when I used to speak to a lot of football journalists and stuff about the game of football, there is a lot of similarities in terms of basketball and football in terms of the movement and the patterns of play and all that kind of stuff and the space side of things and where to find space and how to position yourself and things. So it's not too big a surprise that the the, 
the my team game mode shares a lot of similarities with uh, the ultimate team game mode no I, th- I, th- I think you're right I'm trying to think who, who it was now uh, one of the NBA players effectively because the simulation was realistic enough he almost used it as a scouting video as well he would look at what <laughs> I mean obviously it was <laughs> if they have real scouting videos in 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 the re- I can't say real but the, the, in the real NBA but this guy as well would look at because 2k do a pretty good job of emulating what a player and his tendencies are uh so uh, yeah there's there's guys who have have sort of used it to do that I'm pretty sure actually I remember a FIFA one as well I think it was a goalkeeper this is going back a few years now, but he used to use FIFA to uh, to scout players as well. That's interesting. I don't know. I've no, I've not heard of that before. I've heard about like football manager scouting and whatever because you get all the different attributes on there, don't you? And they they do a lot yeah. of um, a lot of scouting themselves. Sports Interactive because um, they've got a, a thousands of players on their database or, or whatever. But I wanted to ask as well. One of the other similarities is the the VC, the virtual coin side of things. In FIFA, you've got the FIFA points. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have to purchase to to buy like random packs and all that kind of stuff. Um, in in FIFA, it's quite difficult to be a professional player, really, or an esports player without spending a bit of money. Really, it's called the grind on FIFA. I'm guessing it's similar to NBA. I've, I've the heard grind, the, yep. the grind to ninety nine. I've heard that um, in relation to NBA. But is it possible to um, to get to high levels on my team without spending money, or is is it just a really long grind to do so? Yeah, it is possible. There are guys out there who do it really, really well. There's uh, an Irish YouTuber called uh, DBG. There's a, 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 an English guy called JD Crossover, and they do uh, a lot of my team stuff, and they'll do videos on how to do this without spending any money, how to complete this particular task without spending any money. It is doable if you're willing to, like you say, it's the grind. You can, the you can do it. Yeah, yeah, and and depending on what game mode you're playing, you can earn virtual currency in a variety of game modes. So, I earn it frequently through um, playing on my player, and you get it. You get currency based on what your contract is, and and that currency is then available for you to spend in whatever game mode you want. I'm shocked that we're kind of 40 minutes into the podcast now. We've not talked about gameplay really. We've just talked about different features and stuff. <laughs> so, I did want to talk about gameplay. How? difficult is it to be good at the game does it take a lot of practice or does it depend depend on the players you've got for example in my team or what what do you think about that there's varying factors uh similar to fifa it depends on the difficulty mode you set it at there's obviously a variation of of ones uh, a variety of ones you can put it at it depends on the players you've got so if you're playing with for example a brand new rookie who's not yet proven himself in the league his rating might be particularly low but if you're playing with an established star, like let's pick, for example, Damian Lillard, who's on the current generation, he, he, his rating's particularly high. He's extremely quick, can shoot the lights out from just about anywhere on the floor, uh, can get to the rim, is, a, is athletic enough to just absolutely slam on people. Uh, that would make the game easier for you. There are as well, so the basic controls, once you get used to them, they're kind of like FIFA in a way in terms of, you know, one button's pass, one button shoot, etc. But they have, uh, so your analog sticks, they control your dribble moves. They've redone it this year and you can really sort of sling together sets of movements to do certain dribbles. So obviously you need a player who's good enough to do those dribbles so he doesn't just fall over the ball. Don't try it with your Shaq guy because that won't work. But you will need to practice those. And then there's also something they've created in terms of creating a skill gap between the just for fun guys who just want to pick it up and play and the professional esports players. So let's take shooting as the, as the, because this is predominantly where it is. 
to shoot, you pull down the right analog stick and in, in a fluid motion with the way the player raises up to shoot, you release it and you want to keep it as straight as possible. But if you want to simplify that further, you just use the square button. And then as it's shooting, you, you sort of release it as it gets into a middle section of a highlighted bar. You'll see it. It's kind of like a sweet spot. The skill gap is that if you're doing it with the analog, you need to control it in the vertical and the horizontal plane. So it's like if it's slightly, depending on where your angle is, you're slightly off center, you might need to move it slightly to back towards the center to, to do it. And that requires patience and practice. Is it called Pro something? I'm sure I switched it off when it came up. It must have... Yeah, Pro Stick? That's it, I yeah. I switched stick. it off. I went on to the, obviously, because I was scared. Yeah, so if you switch it off, that just controls it in the vertical plane. Ah, uh, okay. But you're still, yeah. you're still like on step two of three difficulty-wise. If you want to go really easy... Just use the square button, but I would suggest you get used to using the the analog stick, the pro, uh, so that when you want to, because the reward is if you suddenly get good at being able to shoot at the hardest level, it opens up a whole other world in terms of how good a shooter you can be. I'm familiar with that kind of yellow square in in the bar that comes up because um, it just kept saying too late when I was at, trying to score three pointers with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, yeah, I imagine Shaq's yellow bar is quite small for that. I, it was again, a bit small, actually. Yeah, I was, I was wondering that. <laughs> when when you get on it later, go and pick Steph Curry. Okay. And just go to 2KU and pick Steph Curry and then try and shoot a three-pointer and okay. you'll go... Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, no, that is, I was definitely using the wrong player. <laughs> I mean, like I said before, it's stupid, isn't it? Because like, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get a centre-back to go and shoot from 30 yards in football, would you? So it's the, same, it's the same concept, isn't it, in basketball, I suppose. So it was silly of me to assume that every basketball player could score a three-pointer, I suppose. It, it I mean, is isn't. they can, but they're yeah. probably good enough too. But in, the, in this game, you've got a, certain players are better than others. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said earlier, there are these guys that um, just won't be limited to the traditional role of a, of a centre or a power forward and they can step outside and score. But Shaq was absolutely not one of those guys. <laughs> like he was one of the most dominant players ever, but his area of dominance was, again, I don't know how much you know about the terminology of the basketball court, but the the key, which is sort of the, the rectangle with a semicircle nearest the hoop, that's called the key or the paint. His area was inside that. Okay, got that. I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to go to the the practice bit and I'm going to get Steph Curry and I'm going to see what happens. And uh, maybe that'll open up my world again after 15 frustrating minutes trying to score from long range. (laughs) Yeah, 15 uh, minutes shooting threes with Shaq is... is, I didn't get one in. I thought I'd at least get one in. No. At least one, and it just wasn't happening. But um, as we're on the uh, subject of the uh, pro stick, have you got any other kind of uh, hints and tips gameplay-wise that um, casual players or players new to the game, uh, have you got any kind of hints and tips for them? Uh, So for very new players to the game, L1 is good to... to, I'm trying to think which one... You know how you can do it from memory playing the game? But when you try and recall what you actually have to do, it's yeah, quite difficult. Definitely, yeah. What so L one pulls up screens, I think. Or L B for Xbox. It's a legal obstruction. So what you will be doing is calling a teammate up to come and stand. Basically, it's almost like he was in a wall in fo- in football terms, but it's in live action. He'll come up and stand still next to the person defending you. At that point, you can go round him thus sending your defender into him, and that creates more space and options for you. So if you're struggling to get round people, and for some, you know, and, and the dribble moves aren't quite giving you enough separation to get to where you want to go, a screen would be useful. 
The other thing would be on defense. I want to say it's one of the L buttons, L1 or L2, essentially gets you into a lower defensive stance, and that allows you to control where your opponent's trying to get to better. So you can initiate contact without causing a foul because basketball is a non-contact sport, and I'll use that in inverted quotes as well because it's, there's a lot of contact in basketball. Uh, it allows you to try and control where your attacking player is going by getting in front of them and slowing them down. Because if, if you can't get in front of them and slow them down, you're not going to stop them on defense. You've got Shaq, though, so definitely use him when you're defending to come and swat shots because I imagine the version of Shaq you've got probably is still athletic enough because he got a bit a bit heavier in his, his later years, but uh, <laughs> he's still athletic enough to get over and, and swat shots because he's seven foot two and, and was an athletic freak and, yeah, long arms as well. And I imagine with his hand extended, he's probably at already about 10 foot. So the hoop's 10 foot. He's not got far to jump to help block that. Interesting, interesting. I'll I'll do that. I'm I'm glad that I've got it all on. I've recorded here because I'll, I'll go back and listen to it when I'm playing it. <laughs> see if I can <laughs> see if I could pick up anything on there. But um, I just wanted to move on as well because I'm really appreciate you spending all this time with me. But I'm I'm conscious that I wanted to talk about the sports scene. Do you know anything about the NBA sports scene? About some of the best players and how good they are. So the players, not so much. I haven't followed that closely. The league itself, I know how that works. I understand essentially the league is uh, three years old now. It's going into its fourth season. It started off with 19 franchises and it's now up to 23. And 22 of those franchises are actually owned by real NBA franchises. So this is an NBA thing that obviously they've done in conjunction with 2K. There is one team that's not an NBA franchise and it's a Chinese team. So that is, I want to say Shanghai. Shanghai Sharks is the actual Chinese Basketball Association team. Um, so yeah, there's, there's 23 teams who basically compete in a five-on-five, which is normal basketball um, game, five-on-five players. Similar to the real NBA season, they will have a regular season and playoffs. And I think they throw in some other tournaments as well. There are a couple of UK guys involved. So there's a guy called Harry Hurst who played for Mavs Gaming in the season just gone. And there's a guy called Jamie Bull who played for Pacers Gaming in the, in the season just gone. So yeah, there, there is a, a growing league. And I think you know the, the environment we're in right now is sort of the ideal Petri dish for NBA 2K League to explode. This summer that just passed, they partnered with FIBA. So separate to the NBA 2K League, there was a 2K and FIBA. And as I said earlier, FIBA is the, the governing body for um, basketball in the world. And they had an eSports Open there where there was essentially a 17-team international tournament and teams were made up of seven players, so two subs basically and, and five players on court. And they all played remotely to sort of do like a, a, a world tournament essentially. And it, sort of, it was the first time that FIBA had done that. So there is definitely an appetite, there's an interest and the, the sort of 2K esport is sort of growing very very rapidly how you get into the actual if i mean if you're good enough to be an esports pro for example in the the game is it is it still through the mighty mode that you get recognized because i saw when i went into the mighty mode there was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar competition or something is it is it connected to the mighty mode or is it is, does it work differently because in fifa in the ultimate team mode there's something called foot champions uh, like mm. a weekend league where on a weekend you get 30 games and depending on how many you win uh, you need to win at least 27 to get foot verified and that gives you 
the option of going to tournaments and stuff if you perform well and become an esports pro. Is it a similar thing to NBA or is it different? It can be. That certainly that my team event helps, but there are things like there's the I don't know what it's called now, two K League Draft Prospect series, I wanna say, which is essentially a, a tournament and players can win the chance to be drafted into the two K League. Like I said earlier, with the actual way the NBA works, you draft guys into the league. You don't just, you know, football, oh, I've spotted a youth talent, I sign into my academy and hope he stays with me through and transitions up to the first team. With the the NBA, it's very much a, here is a pool of eligible players, you can pick one. In terms of the 2K League, the eligible players will be from the Draft Prospects series. There'll be players who weren't retained by their respective franchise or, or gaming team from last year. There's also going to be, a, I think, a select group of international players, as well as high-performing players in the 2K community as a whole. So there's a variety of ways that people can get in there. I know recently I saw a tweet from, I mentioned DBG earlier, that there was talk of an international tournament. And he he's obviously quite a character. He's a great guy, but he's obviously a big character in 2K gaming. And he's involved with the sort of creation of the Irish e-sports team and he was actively you know on twitter saying if you are from ireland and you have a rating of i think it was 95 at the time hit me up might be an opportunity to do something internationally here so there are more than just directly through a game mode there are more ways to get into to playing it professionally it's really interesting isn't it how the esports industry is going and it's it's great to see opportunities in nba as well for for people who are talented at the game and and even though, I mean, just like FIFA, you're not actually kicking the ball around a pitch and running and stuff, and it's the same with, with NBA. I'm not sure if you've watched any kind of esports tournaments involving NBA, but just speaking from a FIFA esports point of view, these guys are absolutely a different level in comparison yeah. to the casual player or even, even a good player. I mean, I've been to a few events and it's just, they're on a different level, both in terms of their mentality and their talent, which is what makes them stand out. I don't know if you've seen any NBA esports and compared them to, to your type of level. I've seen bits of it. I still try and get my head around the concept, if I'm quite honest, like this is something that I've grown up with just as something you did originally sort of on your own or with mates who physically came round to the place where you were. And now it's just sort of morphed in the past few years into this insane world where there are, well, almost like conventions where people go to these tournaments and play. And obviously they've adapted really well for things like COVID where we've now seen them play remotely as well. And I'm still trying to get my head around the whole concept of it. I know that earlier in the year there was a European tournament and it was held in London for 2K players to sort of like a, a European pro-am essentially. So that's a professional amateur tournament. And I've got a feeling that one of the hosts or one of the MCs who was sort of hosting the event was uh, Mo Moonsey, the Hoop Genius, who does a lot of presenting and analysis for Sky Sports NBA. So there's crossover there as well. There is definitely an appetite. There is definitely the opportunity. It's just, I mean, it's crazy. I mentioned there were two guys who uh, played in the, the 2K League from England. That's more than there are NBA players playing in the NBA from England. Like there, are, there are two guys who were born in the UK playing in the NBA, but they're not really English. One of them was you know, Admiral Schofield, <laughs> what a great name, was born in London. His dad was a naval officer. Now he's sort of on the fringe of the NBA. And then OG Ananobi plays for Toronto. He was here until he was two, and then he's gone over to the States. Their basketball education has been in America we don't very often see guys who have gone from through their careers sort of playing in the UK to go to the States, yet this is 
a game where people who live in in the UK can play professionally. It's so like adaptable, isn't it? The industry this year, I think we've seen more than ever really with the pandemic and lockdowns. The esports industry is one of the few that can adapt because you can play remotely, you can play whenever, mm-hmm. which is it's led to some really interesting results, like you said there with the with the players from the UK. That's really interesting. I'm glad it's uh, it's uh, glad it's got uh, an emerging esports scene. Just to finish then, because I know I've kept you for a long time and I really appreciate it, but obviously we've got the next-gen version of the game coming out on the 10th of November for the Xbox Series X slash S and on November the 12th for PlayStation 5. What things are you looking forward to in the next-gen edition of the game? I know I've seen a few screenshots of some of the graphics and they look unbelievable, but apart from that, what are you looking forward to in the new game? Um, loading times. They seem to have disappeared Less loading time equals more playing time. So that's fantastic to see. The graphics, like you say, are phenomenal. My double clutch colleagues will slap me if I don't mention ray tracing. Because <laughs> that's just it's just absolutely off the charts that the, the level of detail that they've gone into now. We did a competition where we sort of uh, say a competition, a little quiz we did on the pod uh, on the Twitch channel, which we sort of we took stills of the gameplay and close-up shots and then close-up shots of the real players you know like their beards and things like that to see if you could tell the difference between who was real and who was the virtual representation and it is so close now that you have to study for a good few minutes to actually figure out which one is which so yeah that looks fantastic they've also introduced something called railcam which again uh, i don't know if that's anything that's ever come into your sort of vocabulary at all because I don't know whether it's the same in football because football obviously is filmed from a reasonably high up angle sort of mid-terrace isn't it yeah um, they've got something like a camera on a wire in the middle like hanging hmm. down in the middle of the pitch is that something similar to that well, one that wouldn't work as well in basketball because it's a smaller dimension court so probably yeah. they could grab it probably <laughs> if they wanted to <laughs> <laughs> and when they shoot you know the hoop's 10 feet so to, to shoot it high enough to get a good chance of it going in you know you're looking at it sort of going you know, 20 feet in the air at least. No, that, that doesn't work. The season was stopped, the real NBA season was stopped due to COVID, but they managed to restart it in a bubble in Florida at Disney World, basically, where they had a campus, no fans, and they played games out using basically an empty arena with scoreboards and video screens around the outside and, and socially distanced benches and things like that. But one of the things they had, because there was no fans, was something called Railcam, which is really close to the the sideline essentially and probably around chest height and it was just literally a cam that went up and down the rail and it provided some of the most interesting angles of gameplay you know in terms of viewers perspective that we've seen in a long long time it was really refreshing and a really really popular and there's sort of a push for the nba to find some way of incorporating it back into when they are allowed audiences because if people are sat there you can't really have a camera just sort of uh, decapitating them as it flies up and down the court <laughs> so 2k have actually picked up on that and they put that perspective into the next gen game so that's something i'm really interested in seeing that does sound really interesting and um i really want to play it now so you've done your job i'm going to go and practice for a bit first then i might go on to my team for a bit and then I'll, i want to have a walk around the neighborhood see what i can find see if i can grab a bike and have a have a ride around and get involved <laughs> in a few games maybe go to the gym for a bit make myself feel a bit better and then might play a few competitive games depending on uh, how good i've become in that few hours <laughs> there you go well when you're in lockdown this is your chance to get out into a neighborhood and, and uh, see people 
and go to the gym as well. Which and go to the gym, yeah. No one can say anything because I've been going to the gym virtually that that way. Um, it all counts. It does. Just so in case anyone doesn't know, um, NBA 2K21 is out now on PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Google Stadia. It was released on September the 4th, 2020. And the next gen version will be coming out on November the 10th for Xbox Series X and Series S. And it will be coming out on November the 12th for PlayStation 5. That means that the games will be coming out. The next gen version will be coming out on the launch date of the new console. Mike, it's been a pleasure having you on. I've learned so much in this time, both about the sport itself and about the game. So thank you so much for that. And I hope you enjoyed explaining it for me as well. Yeah, no, it was, it was great fun. Thank you for having me. Um, if I can convert one person to playing basketball or getting involved, then that's good enough for me because it's a fantastic sport. It's growing in this country. In terms of a physical sport, it's the second highest played team sport, which shocks a lot of people. There is an appetite for it. It just needs the right platform and, and 2K are doing a fantastic job of getting it out there to people. Brilliant. Thank you, Mike. And where can people find you on socials and Double Clutch as well? Where can people go to find that? Yeah, so Double Clutch is doubleclutch.uk, twitch.tv slash doubleclutchuk. We've got a Discord community if you like doing that sort of thing, which is uh, discord.me slash doubleclutchuk on all social platforms at doubleclutchuk. And if you want to find me, it's at Mike Miller underscore time on all socials. Brilliant. Thanks, Mike. Well, I'm going to go and um, have a walk around the neighbourhood and uh, I might see you there. Sounds good. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Level Up podcast and esports and gaming show. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast and follow us on social media at Level Up Pod. We'll be back for another episode very soon. Mm-hmm.